0: Aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own?
1: Wendy? A car. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Alligator. Mm. Name something that's better than being rich. Four. Besides a bird, something in a birdcage.
0: Hamster. Something that comes with a summer storm. Snow.
1: Something Russia's famous for, Bob. Russians. Something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house Rob, Knock your grandma reason you might stay indoors on a beautiful day Because it's raining Name something you might buy that could turn out to be phony yeah, A horse Name a time that most people get up In the morning A time most people go to bed At night This is the 7 at 11 on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin.
0: right, we had such good feedback from our last 7 at 11 that we are running it back, but we're running it back 90s style. So that's a little hard for you, Kyle, because you were born in 90, right? I sure was. I sure was. So last 7-11, we were looking for the most fantasy... Points scored by receivers or tight ends since two thousand. Right, that's what we did. Or was it two thousand ten through two thousand?
2: I think it was twenty ten through two thousand uh, and twenty. I think it was the last like ten years or something like that because it didn't include any of like Terrell Owens wasn't on the list. Right, and Randy right, right. Moss.
0: Okay, then you know what? I'm gonna make it a little easier for you. I'm gonna. We had done the last ten years. That's what it was. So we're gonna go then from tw- nineteen ninety. To 2010. You're can do. you going to be able to do that math that quickly and I got add it. up the list? I got it here. I got the list for you right here. Let's quit. 1990 right. to 2010. Who are the seven leading fantasy receivers or tight ends? 1990 to 2010. And there are just ridiculously great names on this list. And I hope we don't get it for a while just because there's so many guys who aren't You know, on the, uh, you know, aren't on the top seven that deserve love, who people don't realize how good they were. All right, ready to start us off? Randy Moss. Randy Moss is number three, 2,430 fantasy points as a wide receiver from 1990 to 2010. Randy Moss is number three on the list. Again, it's receivers or tight ends. All right, receivers are tight ends. This guy had a lot of great seasons. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, of course, was dominant in that era. He played from 1997 through 2010. I think he played a little bit beyond there. Tony Gonzalez is number eight on the list. Number eight on the list. He does not make the list. Boo, Kyle. Seventeen hundred seventy-nine points. He falls hundred thirteen points or hundred twenty-one points away from cracking this list. The best receivers from nineteen ninety to two thousand ten. I mean, I can't. I could
2: use my mulligan. I'm trying to. I'm trying to add things up in my head. Oh, about, it is June. It is June. You're, next week, I believe Homer. Maybe. Yep. I'll so, be out. Next so, week. so Homer. I actually have to create the list next week. yeah And then we were cooking up some maybe after that. Yeah. And then after that. The Manzillion's coming on the 26th, so uh, I think I might, I might use my Mulligan here. Might okay. Be, all right, so uh,
0: this guy has to be on this list. Terrell Owens, T.O., with 2,548 points, is number one on the list. Number one on the list, fantasy football points scored by a wide receiver or tight end from 1990 through 2010. Well done. Do you have another?
2: All right, here we go. Now I got to now I got to dig in my 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 brain here who uh who had really good seasons. Um
0: top wide receivers top, from 90 to 2010.
2: Top wide to receivers from 90 period. to 2010. Or tight ends. Or tight ends. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think how many
0: Marvin Harrison Marvin Harrison played from 1996 to 2008. So you have his whole career during this time. Marvin Harrison with 2,228 points is number four on the list. Well done, Kyle. Getting someone whose whole career was right there in the list. You have three correct, one incorrect, as you've used your uh, June Mulligan. Okay, now I'm going to...
2: This guy put up numbers, man. I don't. I don't know when he retired. This. Ah, uh, maybe I should take a step back. Maybe I should take a step back, and I shouldn't go with him yet. But he was. He was dominant. But I guess it's nineteen ninety to twenty ten. In the mo- like, yep. so if somebody played their entire career during that time, they're obviously gonna have more fantasy points. Is that what this?
0: Right. It definitely helps if you have more seasons during that time. Okay. Well, I'll throw this out here. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer.
2: Uh, I don't really want to throw him out there. Like, well,
0: Jerry Rice. Okay, so Jerry Rice was already twenty-eight years old by nineteen ninety. So you only get his production from twenty-eight years old and beyond. And he played until he played a long time. He played until he was twenty until he was forty two. He is number two on this list. And he is only forty five points behind TO. And that's not counting his first like six years of production. That's how unbelievable Jerry Rice was. Jerry Rice is number two on this list. T.O. is one, Jerry Rice two, Randy Moss three, Marvin Harrison four. You have the top four on this list. I'm trying to think guys who put up touchdowns.
2: I got guys in my head that I'm running through, and uh, it gets gets, gets tough. It gets really, really tough because I don't know when some guys came into the league. Um, like, oh, okay. Let's let me take a step back here, Craig, and let me just think. Let me just think for a second.
0: Now the phones are flashing. Uh, You you, got to feel that pressure? Well, you
2: know what? Uh, you know what? Forget it. I'm just gonna. I'm not sure. I got a couple guys on that list that I think should be there. I don't know when he retired. Andre Johnson. Andre
0: Johnson is he's not on the list. Okay, number. Andre Johnson. For the Texans, he was a beast. I know, but he was like so recent for so much as that. When did he retire? So, so Andre Johnson was 22 when he came into the league in 2003. So you're only getting like eight of his seasons. Andre Johnson is number 35 oh, on this list.
2: Oh, I should have went. I should just kept it with the old
0: school guys. is not going to go seven for seven. That opens it up for you right now. Eight hundred nine ninety. ESPN, it's eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy-six, looking for numbers five, six, and seven. Most fantasy points scored by a wide receiver or tight end from nineteen ninety through two thousand ten total cumulative over all twenty of those twenty two of those seasons. I don't know, twenty-one, nineteen ninety through uh through two thousand ten. Who has the most fantasy football points? During that time period, we start out with Jason, who's a teacher. Hey, Jason, long time no here. How you doing?
1: Hey, how's it going? Um, I got two of them in mind. Kyle took so many. Uh,
2: now, are we going standard scoring, just touchdowns or yards or what catches or what are we doing? We're
0: going, uh, let's see, did I go PPR on this? Um, it's fantasy points in a non-PPR league is what I went with.
1: Uh, I'm going to, I'm, you're going to laugh at me, but all he does is catch touchdowns. Anthony
0: Carter. Um, okay. So you're going
1: Chris Carter.
0: Chris Carter. Carter. Okay. Chris Carter. Basically we get him from age 25 in 1990 to age 37 in 2002. Chris Carter, 1909 points. Good for number seven. No, I was going to say Chris Carter, but I didn't think it was going to be there. Oh, Chris Carter, well done. Jason, do you have another for us? Only two guesses, two answers remain on this list. I know this is wrong, but it's my man, Michael Irvin. I knew you were going to guess him, you Mr. Cowboy fan. So you get him from 1990 through 1999. He put up. 1,429 points. That is good for number 20 on the list. Great to hear from you, Jason. Let's go to Dumpy. You're on the Sunday Karma. Morning, Dumpy. Hey, hey. Hey. Thank
1: you. Thank you for not uh, degrading me and calling me dumpage. That's very offensive. Oh,
0: good. I, I will I'll try not to offend you till after I hang up on you. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> uh,
1: I got, did anyone say Randy Moss? Randy Moss
0: already said at number three.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, might be a little late for the years, but I'll say Tony Gonzalez.
0: Tony Gonzalez already said at number eight. Thanks for the call, Dumpy. Let's go to Steve in the garage. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, Steve. How's it going, boys? Excellent, Steve. All right. A little bit of underrated
1: guy. I think he gets forgotten about a lot, but how about um, Andre Reed from Buffalo?
0: Andre Reed from Buffalo put up just absolutely massive massive numbers. Now so many of those though were in the 80s. So from 1990 when he was 26 years old through uh 20 to through 2000 when he was 36, he put up 1241 fantasy points Andre Reed number 30 on the list. Thanks for the call Steve. Let's go to Joel who's a retired veteran. Thanks for the call Joel and thank you for your service. Good morning. Thank you, Craig. How are you doing? Good. Who do you have for us, Joel? Let's try uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Um, Kyle uh, was jumped... What you think that's uh, right or wrong, Kyle, when you heard Calvin Johnson? Calvin should be on the list, right? He was an absolute monster. Calvin was an absolute monster. Now, you always wonder with Calvin, was his career long enough to get him on this list? And in this case... It was not Calvin Johnson. Let's see where he is. Where I'm I'm by the way I'm seeing other Yeah, Calvin Johnson is the fourth person with his last name on this list which is uh gosh, I can't even find Calvin Johnson. So he must have come in so late that his numbers Wait, there's no way he's behind some of these dudes. Wait. I got to pull him up separately. Wait. Oh, oh, Joel, let's look up Calvin Johnson. So Calvin... Oh, so Calvin Johnson was 07 through 2015, and he... So he really only had four seasons that would have uh, been in this list. So that's why he does not compare to the rest of this crew. Thanks for the call, Joel. Not going to make it. Let's go to Honest Mike. You're on Sunday. Karma, good morning, Honest One. Morning, guys. Um, So there's two left. Two left. And can you tell me if they're receivers or tight ends? I cannot tell you that. All right.
1: Um, How about Antonio Gates?
0: Antonio Gates, as we look at most fantasy points from 1990 to 2010. Gates, this only covers when he was 23 to 30, which he turned 30 in 2010. 1,110 points, good for number 45 on the list. Thanks for the call. Mike, let's go to Chris, who's a sustainability tech. You're on Sunday Karma. Good morning, Chris. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. Who do you have for us? Uh,
2: uh, how about Shannon Sharp?
0: Shannon Sharp, super productive from the ages of 22 to 35, 1990 to 2003. He put up 1,376 fantasy points. Good for number 22 on the list. Thanks for the call, Chris. Let's go to Alex, who's a metal fabricator. You're on Sunday Karma. Good morning, Alex. Hey, morning hey who do you have for us
2: uh isaac bruce
0: isaac bruce that was one of the ones kyle afterwards whispered to me that he was mad he didn't guess isaac bruce played from 94 to 09 so his whole career was in this window he put up 2066 points which is good for number five on the list well done isaac bruce cracking the list you have a guess at our final answer alex Uh, Was Chad Johnson said yet? Chad Johnson was not said. And from 01 to 2010, he put up ridiculous numbers. Good for 1,484 fantasy points, number 17 on the list. Thanks for the call, Alex. We'll sneak in one more this segment. We'll see if he knocks it out. We'll go to JJ, who's a machinist. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, JJ. Good morning, fellas. Uh, I was going to go with uh, Marvin Harrison's uh running mate for a while reggie wayne reggie wayne super super underrated super underrated but yep reggie wayne from age 23 to 32 from 01 to 2010 put up 1481 uh fantasy points good for number 18 on the list good try jj all right so here we'll we'll set it up And let you line up to try to answer this. We have 1990 to 2010, most fantasy football receiving or tight end points. Number one, T.O. Number two, Jerry Rice. Three, Randy Moss. Four, Marvin Harrison. Five, Isaac Bruce. We are missing number six. And then we have Chris Carter at number seven. Guessed incorrectly, Tony Gonzalez, Chad Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Michael Irvin, Shannon Sharp, Andre Reed, Andre Johnson, Antonio Gates. Call now to knock out our seventh at 11, 800 990 ESPN. It's 800 990 3776, who is the one wide receiver remaining that no one has said who is atop our list. We're looking for one more answer. Top fantasy points from 1990 to 2010. We'll take your calls as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin.
1: You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and (laughs) WisconsinOnDemand.com.
0: I'm so fresh, man i scared to do
1: it. i do it. <laughs> it's Sunday Karma with Craig Carmison on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Kyle, we're going to knock out the 7 at 11,
0: but do you know who uh, the USA plays in the uh, World Cup?
2: Yes. I believe it's, oh gosh, they play England, I know for a fact. Yep. They play um some, it's like they have a really easy draw. Iran. Yeah, yeah that's the one. And then there's another easy team.
0: No, no. The other team is the winner of oh, the oh, European playoff, which is oh. being played right now. Easy team. Wales versus Ukraine. Playing right now. We're 23 minutes in. You know I love giving soccer updates. We may have I, to go British next segment. I do like it. um Wales, well, 23 minutes in. We are nil-nil, uh, Wales and Ukraine. Winner will be in the USA draw. All right, we're knocking out this 7-11. Uh, at 11. Most fantasy football points scored by a wide receiver or a tight end, cumulatively. So total points from 1990 to 2010. We are just missing number six on the list, who is going to be along with T.O., Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, Isaac Bruce, and Chris Carter on our list. We start out with Chris, who's a restaurant manager. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, Chris. Chris, are you there? Oh, Chris will not have our seventh at 11. Instead, it'll be Steve, who's a banker. He'll get the first shot. Good morning, Steve.
1: Good morning. Who is Tim Brown?
0: Tim Brown as our seventh at 11. He was 24 in 1990, so we missed a season or two at Tim Brown. And he ended up with 1,995 points during that time which is good for number six on the list. And you got it. Well done, Steve. Excellent job. Where are you calling from? Elm Grove. Elm Grove. We're going to get you a 94.5 ESPN t-shirt. Well done, Steve, who is a banker and banking a t-shirt there. Well done, knocking out the 7 at 11 um, so there you had it. I'll, I'll just give you the top 10. So it was T.O. Rice, Moss, Harrison, Bruce, Brown, and Carter. Then Gonzalez, who was said it was number eight, Tory Holt, number nine, and then Heinz Ward was number 10. Tory, wow, Tory Holt, Heinz Ward, and then by the way, I'll just drop in Joey Galloway, Jimmy Smith. Derek Mason. Oh man. Rod Smith. Okay. Keenan McCardell. Oh man, this is this is a good dudes who M-
2: played their entire career during that time.
0: Lucine Muhammad. Oh wow. And then Chad Johnson. And by the way, n- I ni- had more than number nineteen was Keyshawn Johnson. You know who only played? Uh, you know who also had a shorter career? He played ninety six to oh six. Well, some of those guys
2: who have, I mean, fantasy numbers means you put up big seasons. Some of those guys aren't Hall of Famer. Like a Derek Mason isn't
0: a Hall of Famer. Right, Derek Mason. Was I mean? He was a baller. I mean, he played he sure all his was. seasons basically with Tennessee and Baltimore. Oh, uh, I guess he. I think he played with the Jets though, didn't he? Maybe at the end. Yeah, I think he may have played like a minute with the Jets at the way end. Yeah, talk I about, guess in 2011. Oh, 2011, he played with Houston and the Jets.
2: Talk about memorable career, like moments in careers. Him not getting in the end zone. You're saying? Well, I guess he had two because he was the one who uh, didn't he didn't he catch didn't Frank Whitechek
0: get it and throw it to Derek Mason. Wasn't it Derek Mason who took that the the miracle? So you're saying the Music City Miracle Derek Mason scored on? I, I thought it was him. Am I wrong? I don't. I, I'm. Didn't he have a brother that played corner? So so I think of him as more not getting in the end zone. You know, against the Rams, I
2: lost five dollars on that. <laughs>
0: um. All right. So here we go. Music City Miracle. It's um. There is a big article on the Music City of Miracle. Their their Wikipedia page is no joke. Um, all right, so if you go down, um, no, it was it was Dyson. Yeah, I did not think it was Mason. Yeah, it was. So it was that Kevin Dyson who had it. Yeah, so that's who. Uh, it was not Derek Mason. I mean, I so Mason. He, I mean, so if you look at his numbers. Kyle 1000 yards in 01 02 03 04 05 07 08 09. Guy had 8000 yard seasons in a 9 year period and I mean never double digit touchdowns which you know I guess probably hurts him a little bit but that's I mean who are his quarterbacks? Right? To to do that it was Steve McNair I would assume was this guy in Tennessee. That's that's pretty legit uh, career for uh, for Derek Mason, who I know, when I woke up this morning, I knew we'd be talking about Derek Mason uh, somehow on the show today. Uh, no, totally random. 27 minutes in, Wales and Ukraine are tied. Whoever wins uh, will be in the USA's, uh, uh, the USA's bracket of the World Cup, in the draw of the World Cup. We will uh, continue to update you On that, uh, of course, as we find out who joins the USA in Group B. But we'll talk a little bit about the Brewers and more as we roll on. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin.
1: This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.
0: And welcome back to the Sunday Football Show, where we come to you live from the European qualifiers. It's the playoff final, a in Group B at stake, joining so many other wonderful nations like England in Group B, the Netherlands, Poland, Denmark, France in the World Cup, as are Portugal, Switzerland, Belgium, Germany, Spain, but only one more team will make it from our great homeland of Europe. It'll be either Wales or Ukraine. We've seen uh, no goals as uh, we are nil-nil. Winner will advance to play Iran, United States, and of course our home England in the finals in the final World Cup Group B pairings. There's a big opportunity here for Wales in the 34th minute. A free kick at the 28 yard line. He looks at it, looks more. He's going to strike it with his left foot, puts it in the box, and it's a goal! Wales goes up one to nothing. You heard it here live and illegally broadcast to you on Sunday, comma, Wales has got not the equalizer, whatever the first goal is called when you're speaking in a British tongue that I can't think of it is the, the, what do they call the first goal? The, the first, the first goal in England, what <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. Is, how do you say Google in I think you could say Google First goal in England. Uh, how do, how would they, there's a great word. They have uh they always they always have like a great word for everything. Uh let's see. It's called What is the first goal? The opener! Oh, it's the opener! Wales puts in the opener, in a soggy drenched uh, match here and they lead the ukraine who, who the hearts and minds of the world are with ukraine right now but what is not with them is the lead as wales takes a one nothing lead as we are in the 35th minute all right there you go wait so how do you know that guy
2: who scored this is gareth bale gareth bale for, played for tottenham and then he went over there to, to play
0: it for uh, real madrid you uh, you are on your Welsh soccer knowledge. Well, uh, well done well, there. there. Gareth
2: Bale is he's one of the he was one of the top players in the world, and he has some injury issues. Yeah, he,
0: I mean he he's on uh, Real Madrid. Yeah,
2: he's he, he's he's really good,
0: yeah. really really good.
2: Yeah. Right, that's why I would prefer to play Ukraine because guys like that.
0: Yeah, that even is. even though we
2: could probably beat Wales.
0: Yeah. All right, there you have it. I think that's our soccer updates for the day. But uh, exciting stuff is. Uh... As he uh, scores on the uh, free kick. I called it the 28-yard line. How far off do you think I was? I, I, I don't even know. I, if, I don't know how big the pitch is. What is it 110 yards? I don't yeah, even know. It was probably like the 18 or something, right? <laughs>
2: like, I, I, you, hey, that was a decent better guess than I could have done.
0: Uh, I, I, uh, let's see. Uh, it was left-footed shot, center of the goal. Oh, they don't say it here. it
2: huh? was outside the box? How big is the box?
0: 16 that's I was guessing it seemed like kind of far out a uh, little oh, 28 might be a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, deep yeah. though yeah I think so all right so uh um, Brewers um, you know they uh, you, know, you you look at what uh, has happened to the Brewers uh, offense uh, throughout the year and it's obviously something that is probably a little bit of a concern right when you think about how last year ended right you went from you know a team that All of a sudden, we were all excited about with limitless opportunities, and then all of a sudden, they ran into the Braves and could not score a run. And now you look at the Brewers sitting here in first place, ahead of the Cardinals by one and a half games, and you just think, when it counts, are they going to be able to score enough runs? And you look at it on the year, right? These 243 runs. The most in the National League is 286 with the Dodgers. They're like kind of right there, right? It doesn't feel like they're like so behind everyone else. But when you watch the Brewers this year, you've said it, Kyle, at times you feel like this could be a special season. Do you feel like big picture, big spot, postseason they're actually going to be able to score runs when they need to score runs. Oh, Kyle uh, is uh manning the phones as uh as uh, as as I try to uh, throw to him because you you look at what's happened this week and to me this is exactly as a Brewers fan what you're worried about, right? You see against San Diego 7 nothing and 4 nothing the last 2 days. So and they had to come back to win, too. Right, but do you, do you overreact to this? With two shutout losses, or do you say, "Hey, we have scored 240 runs. We're right in the middle of the pack. We we could score."
2: It's gonna. It's an up and down season. You have okay. great games. I mean, they won eight zero against the Cardinals a couple like last week, so eh, we'll be okay. We'll so be you're
0: okay. not you're not saying, oh, "Oh, this is the team that couldn't score against the Braves, and now we're we're in trouble." No, and, no, and, we shouldn't overreact in in early June when the team's doing so well, right? Yep. I mean, one and a half games ahead of the Cards. Eleven games over 500. First place in the NL Central home today tickets available uh, you know kind of rainy day this is if you haven't been to a brewers game this year this is the game to go to right padres uh you know entertaining solid team to watch play this is a this is a time to go out and watch this team but it's interesting when you see the national league uh the phillies Fire their manager this week. Joe Girardi fired. They were expected to do things. The Mets running away with that division. The only division right now that seems like someone's running away with is the East. You know, Mets up by 8.5. Dodgers only up three games now on the Padres after the Padres win back-to-back games and the Mets win last night against the Dodgers. And then the Brewers now only 1.5 back as the Cardinals have gotten it going a little bit over this last time. So, You look at things, to me, what we learned last year, though, is it could be anyone, right? If we were sitting here in June 5th last year, there ain't no way we would have been talking about the Atlanta Braves. If we were sitting here on June 5th a few years before, there ain't no way we'd be talking about the uh, Washington Nationals, right? I mean, that's that's what you know about Major League Baseball, is it's become the ultimate be hot at the end of the year. No, it, it has.
2: It has. That's a great point. So, I mean... We'll see that's what I'm saying we'll see the the Brewers are putting themselves in a position where they're going to be in the playoffs and again we'll see as you just said how well they're playing down the stretch the last 30 games are the Brewers going to be playing hot or they're going to be losing 7-0 well
0: and even if you're even if you're not hot going into it again it's baseball like right anyone can win but the Brewers have done such an unbelievable job year after year of putting themselves in the postseason and like you feel like if you're there it's a game of numbers like some point you're going to break through that that's, that's well, just like the feeling of and and, and the brewers uh, probably the Brewers, Dodgers, and Astros are the three teams over the last you know handful of years that have been as consistently good as as anybody in baseball.
2: And the only thing that changed this year for me for the Brewers is that the Brewers now have the pitchers were becoming elite, and you saw you know Cy Young Award winner uh, with Corbin Burns. But now I think you go to what a three man rotation in the playoffs, and the Brewers have legit five good starting pitchers who can come in and pitch maybe two innings after a one guy pitches five. I think that's legit, what makes me feel. I think so. legit
0: six. Are you, who are you not counting in there? Who who do you have? Is, I got I got Burns,
2: I got yeah. Woodruff, I have Ashby, I have um the, um Peralta, and then I have uh what's my my guy's name that we got in the trade from the Padres? Lauer,
0: Lauer. Who's your sixth? Wait, Ber- Burns. Oh, your uh, what's his face? Burns, Hauser, Lauer, Hauser. Ashby, Hauser. Woodruff, and Peralta.
2: Hauser's yeah. your Hauser, yeah, ha- yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a six guy You can throw. You can, that is the difference for me. Is if you can keep the game close and all it takes is one big explosion. So, well, and know. also
0: all you need from guys is like four innings, right? Because you just said it. You mm-hmm. can you if you have six starters, you could pretty much you know have a three man rotation of three, you know, and they probably would go four, I would guess. But you'd have you'd have you know starter level guys who could come in and face a, a lineup, you know, one time through. I mean this this pitching rotation is built to win. Then you just need, you know, the right guys uh in the bullpen who can who can lock it down. Josh Hader to actually be himself during the regular season and not off I mean, excuse
2: me, postseason. Josh Hader.
0: Yeah, I mean, and how do you like what you've seen this year from Josh Hader? No, uh, he's been uh, lights out. I mean you know how many you know what his ERA is? Is it 0? His ERA 0. Gonna say he has, he's completed every single save. It's uh, June. Yeah, it's It's un- June his ERA so he's pitched he has 18 saves. He's given up four hits and six walks. And, and that's it. I say trade him at the end of this year, but that's a whole other story. I would have said trade him two years ago. Really? I didn't think it was sustainable. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Now, now, Devin Williams to me is the guy. You know, you have box, yeah, Boxberger, Devin Williams. Like that's if you have that as your like setup. I mean, you need Devin Williams, who this year has been you know inconsistent,
2: right. Was, I, I haven't. I was gonna say when I, earlier in the season when I saw him pitching, he wasn't pitching very well. Yeah,
0: twelve holds, four saves, three point one five ERA. The numbers look good. He's two and zero on the year, but you know has been inconsistent. Has walked thirteen, you know, and uh, and struck out thirty five. You know, high for him, a high walk total. So Brewers uh, in in uh, in absolute position, and I I love your I love your point. Wait, you want to talk Bucks uh, before we get to. Oh yes, yes, yes. So uh that's what we'll do as we uh as we get ready for uh as we get ready for Palermo's picks, uh we will also get back to uh that question. When you think, because we only have about a week left of the Bucks being the defending champions, the first thing when I say, and the Bucks won the championship last year, what's your first memory? What's that first thing etched in your mind? Is it is it something personally for you and your family? Uh, you you, and a friend, or is it a certain memory of of Giannis, of Chris, of Drew, of PJ, of Bobby, of, you know, Pat, of, you know, of Brooke, of somebody doing something in some moment? What is that thing you first think of when you'd say Bucks winning uh, the championship? Let's uh, get your thoughts. You can hit us on uh, the First Midwest Bank talk and text line at 800-990-3776. First Midwest Bank is a division of Old National Bank. Your calls, your texts, and Palermo's picks as we roll on. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin.
1: You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. It's that time. Yes, it's finally here. Craig makes his Picks of the Week. You can bet the house on it. Picks of the Week on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. Presented by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Can't wait to see what happens next. On ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.
0: All right, uh, you couldn't bet the house on my picks last night because I had uh, I had Connor McDavid to score and I had the Oilers to score first, but I parlayed it with the Oilers to win the game. That, oh. The Oilers did not pull it out as uh, the Avalanche go up three nothing, Rangers up two to nothing. They have Game Three in a uh, what will be a fired up Tampa Arena as the Lightning a. Uh, Very, very proud team. Trails 0-2 against the New York Rangers. But I'm going somewhere totally different for our picks, Kyle, that I don't think you'd be thinking of. And I'm going to not only Netflix, but I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to a movie theater as well for our pick. But before that, we asked you your memories of... The Bucks, the first thing you think about when you think about Bucks Championship. What do people have to say on the first Midwest Bank talk and text line, of course, First Midwest Bank, a division of old national bank? Kyle.
2: Yes, so your boy, your best friend, Dumpy, in West Bend, he said, I think, same thing we said, but he thinks the strip and breakaway alley-oop, the value was the most memorable moment for him. So that's your boy, Dumpy, actually yep. bringing like something like this. So I he didn't like get it. dumped today, right? Yep. And then the other one here is Snowman from Jefferson. He said Giannis ordering a 50-piece in game six of the finals last year. Yeah, it's was crazy. Well, I mean, then also ordering another 50-piece.
0: The next day. Yeah, I, when I think about... Game six, I think about Giannis' free throws more than anything, right? Like, Because that was the subtext of that entire run was at some point Giannis' free throws were going to kill us and the 10-second violations and all of the crowds chanting and all that. And then do you remember what he actually did from the line in, in game six?
2: Did he go 17 for 18 or 18 for 18? Something like that.
0: So so he went 17 of 19 from the line, which included, I believe, missing his last free throw. So I believe he was 17 of 18 and ended up 17 of 19. Um, real quick, who do you think had the best plus minus in game six? Box score plus minus. like The team did the best while they were on the court. At, at, for the Bucks, Yeah.
2: Uh, I've just guessed Drew Holiday.
0: It was P.J. Tucker.
2: Oh, oh, he played okay.
0: 36 minutes, was 0 of one from the field, o of o from the free throw line, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, and two fouls, but was plus thirteen. That is as PJ Tucker as PJ Tucker could be. You know the Bucks don't win without PJ Tucker. Obviously, you know there's always second thoughts of you know who what could have been uh, this year. Game six, Bucks were only six of 27 from three point range. Suns were only six of 25. So neither team shot well from three. Giannis, 16 of 25. 16 of 25. By the way, in regular season or playoffs, there's only five people who've ever gone 50, 10, and 5. And Giannis did it in game six in a closeout game. No one had ever done it in the playoffs, much less to do it closing out the NBA Finals. 50 points. You know he had 14, but no one else had had 50 points, 10 rebounds, and five blocks in a postseason game, and he had 50 points, 14 rebounds, and five blocks.
2: I think having to deal with the fans chanting and counting throughout that whole playoffs, and then to step up like that in that moment—that listen—he became Superman to me.
0: Devin Booker had had back-to-back 40-point games, and in Game uh, Six, he was eight of 22 with six turnovers. How about he that? He was gassed. He was gassed. Now, Chris Paul, who I don't know if we remember and appreciate, 26 points, 5 assists in that game. In 11, game 6? 11 of 19 from the field. He brought them back when it seemed like the Bucks kind of had it. He, his mid-range uh, his mid range game was on. Bobby Portis, monster in that game. His performance off the bench, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 16 points in that game. Chris had 17, including the big time uh, little uh, gliding jumper that may have uh, done it. He finished with 18 clutch points in seven clutch minutes in the finals. Okay. Chris had 18 clutch points in the finals, which was six of eight from the field. So there were seven clutch minutes in the finals, which is like, I think they call it like less than five point game in the final three minutes. No other player in the series had more than four clutch points in the series, and Chris had eighteen. How about that? And for Chris somehow
2: Milton? people think the Boston Celtics are really the best team in the East. That's a joke.
0: Wow, well, come on, you can't be a hater. That's like people, can't be a hater because they need to acknowledge the fact that our second best player was gone. Right, but that's like people saying last year about the Nets. Right, like they proved to be it proved to be that they were who I'm we say, thought they were. Right, but I'm saying you you don't want to you don't want to drop that hate to that level, but. It's pretty amazing like you you think about I mean the the things that you forget about like going on in in, in that series uh, by the way, Buck's uh, out rebound uh, Phoenix 53 to 37 in that game. that's that's insane. So many great memories. Uh, so I, by the way, my pick of the week is a movie and it is uh, it is in theaters right now called Hustle. Have you seen this? The preview for no,
2: it? Refresh my memory of what the preview looked like. It's I might Adam have seen Sandler. It. Oh, no. you, you
0: got to see this. No, I haven't. I, I think I'm going to go tonight and watch, go to the theater and see this. I know it comes out on Netflix. Didn't he on, have a Hustler movie with Kevin Garnett before? What was that no, called? No, no. That was like a jewelry movie. Oh, okay. This is a hoops movie where he's a scout for the Sixers. There's like Kenny Smith's in it. There's like 20 LeBrons involved. Everybody's in this. Uh, Hernan Gomez is actually the star of it along with Alan, Adam Sandler. Not um, the one on the jazz that Hernan Gomez. This movie is um, Queen Latifah is Adam Sandler's wife in it. They it. Well, looks, look at that diversity! It looks so good. It looks so good, and uh, it, it comes to Netflix on Wednesday. It is. It's getting great reviews. It's a must see. Uh, as I said, I think I'm going to pop out to the theater and uh, and see this to see this tonight uh, as a little preview. Get myself in the mood for Game Two of the NBA Finals. You right. just gave me one. Yeah, all right. Let's let's go. You got another? Uh, you got another uh, memory from? Uh
2: we do. We have Gavin in Racine on the talking text line. Here is either being out in the Deer District for Game Six, next Game Seven, Heat Game One, or the parade. Those are my favorite moments in no order. So he had he had multiple. He didn't have a favorite. He had multiple favorite. And you know what, Craig? I'll let him have it.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, the parade, sick. I mean, just the memories of that incredible Game Seven of the Net Series was more intense than even Game 5 of the Sun Series, which I thought was the most intense thing. I think he's right. Like, the fact that we didn't talk about Game 7 at all, and then that game goes to overtime. By the way, I still believe the best game the Bucks may have played of the entire postseason was Game 5 against the Nets when they lost in Brooklyn. And KD, because you had Green hit, like, 7 of eight threes and KD play out of his mind, like, I thought actually that may have been the Bucks' best played game of the series of the postseason, and they didn't even win. We didn't mention Chris when Giannis, you know, when Giannis uh, was hurt. And uh, I mean, how about Teague hitting three three pointers in uh, Game Six closeout? It was a game?
2: magical run. No other team has had a magical run like that this postseason. I
0: think there's so I mean. many things that you could think back to, but. Um, I love uh, I love Chris's game three before Giannis got hurt. Chris's game three at Atlanta, the way he cooked in that second half uh, against the Hawks was insane. Um, so many great memories. Hopefully, uh, we'll continue this next Sunday because uh, hopefully the Bucks will still be uh, the Bucks will still be. Uh, reigning NBA champions, even though I won't be here. Uh, Palermo's is your hometown pizza. Kyle, how did it work last week when you grilled out your Palermo's pizza? Uh, I went to my parents' house
2: and I was told I could not, so I had to put in the air fryer. Okay, so your mom's in later. It it was clean. The grill grill was already cleaned off, and that means I would have to clean it after that. Not doing that. Not doing all that stuff. So it did not turn out very
0: well, but it tasted delicious. Out of the air fryer? Out
2: of the air fryer. It tasted good. The bottom just wasn't as cooked, as crispy as I like, but the top was delicious.
0: Just make it in the regular oven. Connie's Urban Pie, Screaming Sicilian, or Palermo's, Wisconsin's Hometown Pizza, and also great occupational opportunities. Go work at Palermo's. Uh, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Thanks to everyone for being a part of it today. Stay healthy, stay together, survive today, thrive tomorrow, don't settle. You've been listening to Sunday Karma ESPN Wisconsin. Kyle, send us out.
2: Peace.
1: This is ESPN Wisconsin and ESPNWisconsin.com.